What time is it, Mr. Wolf? It's time for the Trouble Right Dot Today podcast. That's what, kids? With your hose. <laughs> it actually says with your hose. Who types this? With your host, me, Doug Wallace. Are you bored in the car? You picking your nose on the subway? Sitting on the floor knitting, are you? What do you people do when you're listening? Whatever you're doing and wherever you're going, you need to do it in style. Today's big advice is how to dress for the plane, i.e. you never have to sacrifice style for comfort. You know those people who you see in the airport lounge, hair all slicked back, nice dress shirt, cool boots, great jacket, big watch, and you think, how do they do that? Like, what money must they spend to look that polished when they're about to sit on the plane for 14 hours with the great unwashed? Well, you know, it's not rocket science. Number one, wrinkle-free trousers and chinos are more stylish and more comfortable than denim or cotton or serge or twill. You can buy very cool jean-cut stretchy pants at Lululemon or Kit and Ace or online or anywhere nowadays. And you will wear them everywhere, to yoga, to the gym, to the movies, etc. This is worth whatever the, the investment is. Number two, go with fabrics that breathe so you perspire less. But make sure not every stitch of clothing is synthetic or you'll smell like supper. Synthetic fabrics absorb odors and planes are particularly smelly. Trains too. I went by train first class to Ottawa one day and when I got there, I was hammered and I smelled like chicken. But damn, I looked good. Number three, sweatpants and other athletic wear just makes people look sloppy or dirty or both. Oh God, I sound like my mother. You don't need to look like you just rolled off the couch to make a sandwich. You need to look like you're traveling somewhere with purpose. Number four, roll up jackets for the overhead bin. And to keep blazers clean, turn them inside out and fold them shoulder to shoulder before rolling them up. There's really no need to take off an unstructured blazer even. They work just as well as sweaters, plus there are more pockets for in-flight essentials, like pills and earplugs and other stuff. Pens. Number five. Darker colors won't show dirt or spills as much. If you're a bit of a messy, avoid the tan pants on the plane. Number six. Are you a fidgeter? then absolutely no nylon. Number seven, keep jewelry to a minimum because A, nobody wants to listen to your stupid bracelets rattling all the way to Hong Kong, and two, elaborate earrings can make sleeping more uncomfortable. And number eight, opt for simple slip-ons over lace-ups or high heels. This makes it both easier at security and in your seat once those feet start to swell up like balloons at 30,000 feet. And please, wear your shoes to the toilet, mother of God. The Quebec Ice Hotel, Hotel de Glace, is our hotel of the week. The only ice hotel in North America. And it's been delivering ice castle fantasies since 2001. And now, it's part of Valcartier Vacations Village. And that's a four-season family resort and water park about 30 minutes northwest of Quebec City. 44 icy rooms welcome guests from late January until guess when? The spring thaw. So, construction starts in early December with about 50 people, and that includes 15 sculptors. They work solid 
for about six weeks. The raw material isn't actually ice, but 30,000 tons of snow made on-site with snowblowers, churned several times so it becomes humid and dense. This goop is then blown onto metal molds and that sets as hard as ice. Then, 500 tons of ice are brought in and carved into furniture, bars, columns, sculptures, drinking glasses, and ice windows that let the outside light in. The hotel front courtyard even has a nice ice fountain. The rooms, they're about minus five degrees, if you can handle that. That's minus five Celsius. There's an ice bed and a wooden frame and a mattress and a faux fur cover. There's an ice night table, but you can't put anything on it or it will just melt into it. At turndown, and this is 9 p.m., the staff comes and lays out all the thermal sleeping bags and liners and pillows. You leave all your stuff locked up in the proper hotel and you just bring yourself. I wore my ski underwear and slept fine. I just tucked my phone into my armpit and it was okay. We were ready to sleep after drinking in the outdoor hot tubs anyway. It was all really fun. You need to do this at least once in your life. Standard rooms from about 225 Canadian a night. Visit hoteldeglash-canada.com. I'd like to quickly talk about delayed flights and the website airhelp.com. Every year, more than 100,000 people flying between Canada and Europe are delayed in some way. I believe this, having slept at Frankfurt Airport not that long ago. Airhelp.com helps you seek compensation for interrupted European flights. First, they check if you're eligible, and then they manage your claim, and then they send you the reimbursement. All this in an age when travelers' rights are making the news. It'll be interesting to see what the airlines do to smarten up a bit. Check it out, airhelp.com. So, I don't seem to tire about talking about Singapore, even though it's not a late-night town. The level of mixology I witnessed there was mind-blowing. Six Singapore cocktail bars made the 2017 world's best bars list. The fact that alcohol is kind of expensive makes all the unique cocktail bars just a bit more weird. Atlas is the bar with the most dramatic atmosphere of the lot. It's a cavernous Art Deco-style lounge with gilt railings and tufted banquettes and gorgeous backlit ceiling murals. It looks kind of like Gotham City. There are more than a thousand different gins housed in a soaring library above the bar. Over at Tipling Club, the drinks menu is a list of pictures of gummy bears accompanied by these actual gummy bears that you can then taste test before ordering. Not kidding. This place is also noted for its cuisine and cocktail pairing via the adjacent and bustling restaurant. Quite slick. And we almost walk past the sexy, low-lit 28 Hong Kong Street, which is actually at the address of 28 Hong Kong Street. The storefront looked like it was some kind of closed-up hardware, and we thought, oh, what's this hardware doing? Inside, though, it feels like you've ducked into a little speakeasy. It's the kind of place you'd take a good friend for a big chinwag over a few mezcal negronis. Then there's this bar called Little Bastard, which is worth going to just for the name. They have a Cantonese Thai fusion menu at the bar, and the cocktail list is filled with crazy stuff like sous vide lemon barley gin and plum-infused bourbon. That warning, again, alcohol is taxed to death, but these spots are worth the splurge. And speaking of spooge, (laughs) I'm not kidding. Here's a quick piece of my mind. Airports are just such crap, aren't they? 
This is in capital letters in my notes. Back to my earlier list on dressing for the plane. I've always thought that I should set up a desk at the airport front door and screen people walking in. Nope, you're not wearing that in here. You're going to all have to go back home and change. You, too many plastic bags and not enough luggage. Come back when you buy a proper suitcase. Hey, no shower, no airplane, buddy. That's the rules. People aside, the staff are often so gross with all the huffiness and almost all of them yelling, please take your laptops and iPads out, all liquid and gels. Like, why don't they just wait till we get there and tell us quietly? Why do they think it's okay to yell at the top of their lungs to, to a crowd of people who can't even hear them anyways? It's just so rude, and it's going to continue until people speak up and complain. I've turned into that guy who emails Pearson Airport every so often to complain. My last one was about the useless taxi stand managers who aren't really trained properly, so the taxi situation is a complete havoc. Also, why are airports so dirty? The crumbs in the chair cracks. There has to be 23 years worth of crumbs in the chair at Terminal 3. Am I right? We should all take a tip or two from Japan's Narita, which is spotless, and it works. Switzerland's airports... Fantastic. And those airports where they don't make any announcements or page anybody? Priceless. Hong Kong, Barcelona, Cape Town. These have all gone the silent route. Let's hope everyone takes the fucking hint. Oh, great. Now I'm going to have to tick the explicit box. Well, that's a piece of my stupid mind. However small. I guess today's moral is don't get dug started on the inefficiencies of anything. That's it for today. Remember that we all choose to be grumpy, right? That sounds like my life coach friends. This is just a reflection of the relationship you have with yourself. I'm going to hell. Come with. Find more inspiration at travelright.today. Subscribe or else, losers.